But I think a lot of people look at relationships and say that just basically everything's a deal breaker. And it's yeah. not the case. Not everything is a deal breaker. Right. It's not. Let it go. Just let some of this stuff go. Right. Some like the, a lot of the stuff we usually talk about here, those are deal breakers. Deal breakers. Absolutely. This is important things that are like really going to affect your mental well being. Things that are not deal breakers is the way that you keep your car, which looks like people live in. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I am Matt. I'm Paige. I scared you with that you one. You did. You startled, jumped. <laughs> Almost every time. And it's like, I don't know if it's I'm I'm sensitive, like my ears are sensitive sometimes, but it's like, bam, right in your face. I think it's because the room goes from quiet to just that. Probably. There's no segue, it's just boom. <laughs> it could also be because this is the earliest we've ever recorded. Yeah, this is weird. It's before 9 a.m. our time. It's kind of nice, though. I feel more, like, refreshed. You'd rather record early than late? Yes. I'm tired at night. You know me? This is true. Usually I start losing you by about like 20 minute I mean, mark. I look over there and it's just yeah. like, you're gone. Yeah, and I, it's really hard for me to, like, collect myself. I just want to go to bed like, oh. <laughs> and today I've only had one cup of coffee, which is not normal for That's me. only because we ran out of coffee. Yeah, I suck at that. Do what, ordering coffee? Yeah. Keeping it like in line, I should have it in stock before we run out. I think that's a failure on both our parts because we're both addicted to coffee. Mm -hmm. And if neither of us can maintain our habit, that's a bad thing. That's just addict fail. Honestly, I think I only need one cup. Technically, you don't need any. Okay. I only, my, okay. I can only handle one cup. Okay. Yeah. I, d I like to do salt water in the mornings. That actually works better than coffee. Yeah, but the stuff you have breaks our fast. I don't like that. It does? Yeah, it has stevia Oh, stevia stuff leaf in it. In it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's all right. I know you don't care. It's all good. But it's a thing for me. I so. wouldn't even worry about it. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, this last week's been kind of wild. Um, we've been just focusing really, really... What are you doing? I got, oh, I got You're beard, just beard dandruff okay. on me. Sorry, she's she's wiping me off. I was helping. We've been working hard and heavy on Till the Wheels Fall Off this last week. Yes. Got all kinds of crazy stuff. We've got a board with a to-do list. It's like a mile long, and we're going to have every bit of this stuff done, uh, which means more resources for you. Exactly. More resources for you. Mm -hmm. Includes online course, some retreats. Uh, we've got some merch in the works. Uh, it is merch sweatshirt season, and we've got some... Uh, we took delivery of like 20 samples we've got to go through and mm -hmm. but anyway it's it's getting for real and we have you the listeners to thank for that mm -hmm. um, the support we get is just absolutely amazing and since we are on the topic of gratitude for just a moment with thanksgiving holiday upon us i just want to say that I'm, I'm thankful for everyone that listens the the dms the messages we get the kind words we see just about all of them and it warms our heart we do not take it lightly that we have a responsibility to our followers, to people that listen, to people that, um, you know, get hope and inspiration from this. And I just want to thank everybody. Yeah. That's what I'm thankful for this season is you all the listeners. Yeah. Even as you're walking through some really dark moments in mm -hmm. life, sharing it with us is just, it means the world to us that you feel safe enough to do that. Yes. And I hope you're becoming more empowered each time you listen. Absolutely. Yeah. That's our overarching goal there. But anyway, uh, we, we kind of interrupted our series on communication with an episode uh, around the holidays, which I hope people found helpful mm -hmm. um, as you're kind of walking into this holiday season. And we are going to pick back up where we left off a few weeks back with communication. This series on communication has been 
um, I guess sort of like a, like a 30,000 foot view, like a transition as we go from like communicating with someone who's still actively using Mm -hmm. to that early recovery stage, which is full of just full of potholes and all kinds of things you can trip over. And then sort of what we get to in, this isn't just unique to relationships in later stages of recovery. I think this is just healthy, healthy communication in general. Right. And we've done a communication episode before. Oh yeah. It's been quite some time ago. Uh, which it's been about a year, I think. And we, we pulled like a reel from it and TikTok got really mad. Well, we had a lot of listeners that were triggered by it as well. I received some messages from it who were like, Ooh, you made me look at something that I didn't want to look at. And I think that the wording I used was a little triggering. So we're going to clarify some things today. Okay. I think even though our intent was good, obviously it came off wrong mm-hmm. and we are big on actions rather than intent. So Apologies for that. We'll try to hit the point better this time around. And maybe in a year we will shift this one too. <laughs> or, or we could get roasted for this one as well. our communication skills do change throughout our relationship. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. As we, as we grow and mature and learn still more, yeah, it will always evolve. Yes. Yeah, so we are not perfect. Heck no. No. Don't ever get that impression. No, we're not perfect. We actually have a video or a clip from our first recording Oh, it was Our awful. first podcast yelling at where each other. <laughs> we were cussing, yelling, saying really ugly things to each other. And it was like a real life fight that we put out into the world to let you know that we do struggle with communication sometimes as well. Yeah, but, we had some apologies to make. I had some apologies to make after that one. For well, damn me too. Sure. But that's the thing. Like we learn and we grow from it. And we, I think this past year, we've really learned a lot in how to communicate with each other better. Absolutely. We have. Okay. So Paige, you're going to, you're going to basically run this. Sure. And I get to sort of sit back and enjoy and listen to your lovely voice and chime in. Okay. Well, it might go all over the place, but it should. We have some good tips for you. We've got an outline here you can stick with. It's totally different than your outlines, though, because I am all over the place. Oh, really? (laughs) Did you go through it and were you, did you, did it make sense? No, I didn't feel like at any point it was all over the place. Dang. I just think I'm really critical of myself. There's probably some truth to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I just want to ask, like, what is communication? Uh, making noises back and forth in grunts and nonverbal cues and things like that. Yes. It's just the process of exchanging, expressing, or conveying information and ideas through writing, speaking, and gesturing. Mm -hmm. That sums it up. I mean, I think that we think way too hard about communication and that's why I put the definition in there. You think we think too hard about it or not enough? Maybe not enough. Or maybe it's just changed so much over the years that no one can communicate healthy anymore. I don't want to derail us so early on, but I think that um, technology has drastically changed the way that we communicate. Ooh, yeah. And that plays a huge role in the way that communication has changed over even our even our lifetimes. We're going to have an episode on that. We, we can't get into that right now. It's, it's That's sort a of whole episode. Because we were, I think, the last generation of kids that grew up with and without the internet, mm-hmm. where for a, a big part of our childhood we didn't have technology yeah and then it sort of came into into vogue and i don't know we were probably in our teens like i didn't i don't remember sending a text message until after high school no yeah that's true we didn't but, have smartphones until after high school but the, today oh, just... a younger generation even and some of our listeners communicate in a totally different fashion than we ever did yes so i think there's just so many more avenues to communicate and each one has its own set of um like do's and don'ts and it's just it's gotten complicated, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have an episode on that. 
So that'll be fun. Thanks for derailing us. Okay, sorry. No, it's the same. So, um, so sometimes we forget that what it is, and we think that our partner should be able to read our minds. Do you feel that? Do you feel like I should? You should be able to read my mind sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I'm just gonna put it out there. You know how men always say like we can't read your minds. We're not supposed to read your minds. Mm -hmm. That's true sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I think in general, when you've been in a long term relationship. You can read people pretty well, but it's really convenient to say, I can't read your mind right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, full disclosure, I have used that when I definitely knew what you wanted, but I didn't. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> but I just said, you're I like, can't read you're your mind. Like, your body language is like this. This is wild. Don't hit me. <laughs> I'm not going to hit you. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of guys have used that trick before. It was like, I can't read your mind, but. I totally could have assumed what you needed you in that just, moment, but I just didn't do it because I didn't feel like it. But there have also been other times where I truly couldn't read your mind. And I'm like, what do you expect from me? So it's been used as a convenient excuse. It's also been used as a valid excuse. Before. Can't believe you just admitted that. On Every guy right now is like podcast. slamming the dashboard. Yeah, they are. Like, you like, idiot. You don't tell ass. them that. Thanks for that. But it's true. It's true. I mean, okay, listen, like think about it. Your dog, your dog can't communicate verbally. Well, some can. I know some dogs that will like, remember our old dog? Boomer used to. He's like. That dog would like chomp at you and basically talk. I need to go outside. But body language, nonverbal cues, time of the day, like you know what your animal needs and it can't talk. You can sort of, you could argue I can read its mind. Yeah. You know? So, okay. Like, yeah, we're, we're smart enough to assume what people need at certain times, but not all the time. I just, I need to change this entire episode. Did I just blow the whole thing up? Yeah, you did. We can we can be real about this. Just move forward. <laughs> well, thank you for admitting that you do pulling that. back the curtain on men yeah, for just a moment. That thank you for that accountability. So whenever we communicate, typically like we don't listen to the other person's perspective. We just want to win, right? It's wrapped up in ego. Yeah, there's a ton there's of ego. There's a ton wrapped of ego that's wrapped up in it. Yeah. yeah. And whenever you want to have healthy communication, you have to have trust and mutual respect. It boils down to that. I agree with that 100%. That has to be the underlying foundation. Yeah. So, I mean, it's about listening and finding solutions based on logic and, you know, reasoning with not much emotion in it. Like you can have emotion in it, but never you are reasoning with somebody who you trust, it's so much easier to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. So when we have something to get off our chest or need to communicate our needs, it's so much healthier than it used to be. Um, we actually actively listen to each other, intentional on what we're saying, what we're listening to. We stick to one topic at a time and we pick our battles. You think we do all those things pretty well? I do. Okay. I guess I'm a perfectionist. I look at it. I'm like, I could do better at probably all the above, but I, I'm a much better listener than I used to be. Okay. Okay. That's yes. That's probably your downfall is actively listening. Like you're you're just listening because you get very distracted. I have ADHD and it's not an excuse, but it's, I'm I'm, my, my brain goes all over the place. It's hard to keep it focused. I have to like, sometimes I'll be staring at you. I'm like, don't look at anything else. Just listen, just listen. It's, it takes a lot of intention. The thing that I have to work on mostly in our relationship with communication is not being defensive. I do get defensive pretty quickly. So that's something that I've been intentional about on trying to correct. Yeah. Yeah. You do get defensive pretty quick. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. 
Is it weird that I'm owning something right now? I was now? trying to bait you into getting defensive just now, and you didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Growth. Right on. <laughs> okay, so we're going to dig deep into this in just a second, but I wanted to talk about how stress can make communication way more difficult. Yeah. Because I have to say, like, within the past week, when we have been stressed, we've been a little stressed, so we've had a little extra stress on our plate. Um, our communication kind of goes back to what it used to be. It breaks down a bit. It does. Um, so like we revert to our old ways with the defending, the reacting, the justifying, the blaming, the raising of our voices. But each time we become aware of what we're doing and we make an effort to change it the next time. Yes. So it's like this, obviously, like anything in life that has to grow. Your communication skills go up and down. Yeah. I think that the expectation should never be perfection. Yeah. Yeah. But we trust each other. So when this stuff happens, we don't take what the other's saying personally because we know it's an issue within them and that just needs to be processed. But we also hold ourselves accountable when they are addressing something that we did that affected them. You know, you own it, apologize, and promise to do better going forward. So let's say you need to be held accountable for when it happens again. Say something along the lines of, if I communicate in a way that hurts your feelings, do you mind pausing for a moment and telling me so I can be aware? Oh, this happens in just general, not even just in basic communication, but mm-hmm. uh, like quick personal story. I've got this terrible habit of like, just, I just move too quickly through life. If we're in public and let's say that we leave our seats from an event and go to the restroom, I will be, I will walk in front of you like 20 to 30 steps, like as fast as I can. Cause I, we're going to the restroom. I want to get that done as fast as possible, then get back to where I'm going. I have a really hard time, not all the time, but most of the time, I would say, just being present. Mm-hmm. And everything to me is like a task. And it's like, how can I get this task done as efficiently as possible? But in doing that, I, I leave you behind. Yes. And for you, it's like, it's sort of disrespectful. It bothers me. You take it personally. Is I that do. fair? I do. Yes. And I do. like this last weekend, you even said to me, I like, and you were triggered when you said like, I hate when you do this, stop walking in front of me. Yeah. It's like, it's embarrassing. And my first thought is like to react and get mad at you and tell Mm -hmm. you that you shouldn't feel that way. And it's not that big of a deal, but now I can stop and pause and you're just letting me know basically that, that, that hurts my feelings when you do that. Could you be more considerate? Yeah. And then I don't know, two minutes later I did it again. Mm -hmm. And then you reminded me again. Maybe I even caught myself. I, I think remember. you caught yourself. But then I turned around and I'm like, I'm I'm sorry. Like when you catch me doing that, just say something. Yeah. And I promise you I'm gonna work at it. Right. It just takes time to train myself to do it. Yeah. And I'm a I apologize for going at you. I w- it was a reaction instead of saying, Hey, do you mind, you know, stop walking with me instead of going in front of me? Because it does kind of hurt my feelings. Yeah. Like I could have totally handled that better. But this is kind of what I was talking about with stress. Like I had been, there was a lot going on and it's not an excuse. It is not an excuse for the way that I reacted, but that I know that me, I don't always react like that, but I know when I do react that way or I come at you that way, there's usually something going on within me. Yeah. And I realize that too. It's a two way street. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So good, but there's a, there's a foundation (laughs) of, of trust and understanding there. And I think that that's maybe something to preface this entire conversation with is I think healthy communication takes place when there is trust mm-hmm. in the relationship and there's safety in the relationship. And it becomes very hard to build that. But once you do, it becomes you, you're, you're capable of having this type of communication. Yeah. And 
So during your early recovery, I had a lot of patience for you to rewire your brain and how you were communicating, right? You've been pretty patient with me because I've had to change my communication style as well. Um, I'm a little bit behind you in my recovery. Obviously, it took me a lot longer. Um, But I'm not as impulsive as I used to be, even though that was an example of how I did revert to my old ways. And you still had patience for me, which is kind. Thank you. I mean, why wouldn't I? I mean, I I look at it as like, um, it's both of our first time being alive uh, on this planet. (laughs) And like, no one's perfect. And we're trying. And I think that everyone's suffering from the pains of growing up at varying degrees. Mm -hmm. And never forget that. Yeah. Like have compassion and empathy for people as they're trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. Even if it hurts you in the moment, understand they're trying to figure something out. But since you trust me. Because I I, I trust where trust you're going. I'm, I trust that we're essentially on the same page. Right. And I trust that you're you're actually working at it. Right. I guess it'd be a lot more frustrating to have this kind of conversation if someone wasn't working at it. Yes. But I'm just thinking about our listeners. Like, well, that sounds great and all, but it's not really possible for me right now. Right. But this is but for it could later on. This is what you can look forward to in any type of relationship you're in. You know, that's kind of the basis of this. Or even think about it, maybe not with your spouse or significant mm-hmm. other or partner, just other people in your life. Yes. So you've got uh, an adult child. Let's say you've got friends, coworkers. Think about this. Yep. It's, it's applicable for those types of relationships. For sure. All right. So I asked our wheelies what some issues they are struggling with with within communication. And oh, yeah. I just, I just pulled out a few. Thank you all for the feedback on that as well. Yes. Oh, my gosh. There was so much feedback. And it was everyone felt less alone. And I think that was a great little process. Um, but some of the main issues are trust, communicating feelings without a fight, actively listening. So like if someone's watching TV or on their phone or doing, you know, has HD, ADHD, mm-hmm. um, taking things personally when feelings are being addressed, expectations and mind reading, and then other person shutting down and getting defensive. So how do we communicate better? Let's get some solutions here. Let's do it. Based on those, uh, those issues? Yes. Yes. It's kind of going to go in a little... We're, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> so the whole trust thing we've discussed multiple times. So you both have to have mutual trust since living amends have been made. That's what we have. We respect each other. And like he just said, this is during later recovery or with somebody who's not in active addiction. So that's going to be, if you're with someone in active addiction, there's not going to be trust there. So it is going to be hard to communicate. You can do your part, but your expectations have to be very low on the other person's part. Yeah. Right. So communicating feelings without a fight. So you can't control or you can't know if your partner is going to fight you or not. So this is when you go in with little expectations and know how to handle yourself if a fight does start. So you go with I feel statements. Um, Here was an example. I feel unheard when you watch TV while I'm trying to have a conversation. That's not how you say it. (laughs) It's not? No. How do I say it? Get off your damn phone. Hey, I've gotten more, I've gotten better at this. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. No. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I'm gaslighting you right now. For sure. It's okay. I mean, I, I, I know the point and I know that when you say that, what you mean is... I don't feel heard when you're not paying attention to me. Yeah, but that's messed up on my part. I need to come in and with a little bit more compassion. If you said it this way, I can tell you right now, I would feel awful. And I'd be like, oh, crap, I'm sorry. Get off your damn phone sounds more like an order from like a parent or something. 
Damn. But I'm just telling you, like, yeah, it's it's much more effective to to use I feel statements because you don't feel attacked in that moment. Yeah. You're just letting someone know how you feel. Okay. Yeah, you usually jump my ass is what you do. <laughs> it's probably, I'm not going to, okay, you're right. I'm not going to justify it. I'm trying to justify this. With, with, with a really smart <laughs> remark, you'll say something like, or or you'll just huff and puff and say, I'm not even going to talk to you right now. Or I'll just say, can you please get off your phone? I've said that before. Can you please pay attention? Can you please do this? Yeah. It might be my tone. That's always I do more have effective. a tone. Yeah. The kids say you have a mean voice. I do have a mean voice. Apparently. <laughs> I think that this episode is going to be very beneficial for me. Okay. You're learning here. <laughs> this is us processing our own issues. Well, yeah, because I was going to justify why I react that way. And I'm not going to justify it because you're right. I'm just going to own it and say, I can do better with the way that I approach this. As can I. Ask and I. I, sh- I should. Tit for tat. Here we go. No, but I'm terrible at limiting distractions. Knowing what I know about myself and how my brain works, I shouldn't have distractions around me. Like when I, when I have to do intensive work, I put my phone in a different room. Yes, yes, that's a new thing. But yeah, but also recently we had. I was trying to have an important conversation with you, and you just like changed the subject pretty quickly. And it irritates me so much. My brain just went somewhere. Oh my else gosh! In a it I'm irritates sorry. me because I'm like, I'm, I'm really trying to have a conversation with you, and you made me feel unheard and felt disregarded when you is that a word? That sounded weird. Disregarded? Yeah. Yeah. Sounded weird. That's story of my life. Anyway, and you started talking about something completely opposite. I'm like, okay, does my do my feelings not matter right now? Like this doesn't feel good. It sucks. And these types of conversations are possible. I just want to say, I know this sounds weird. And it's like, who actually talks this way? Yeah. We do. Yeah. We do. And and we learned this in therapy, in marriage counseling. Um, this, is, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Using I feel statements, just being out there with things rather than just letting it slide and ignoring it and then hoping it's going to get better or having the expectation is going to be different. And then that creates a resentment and then it just snowballs. Yeah. Just address these things in a kind, loving manner. Own your feelings in it. Let someone know how it makes you feel when they do X, Y, Z. And you start to get somewhere. Yes. Now, but if the person still becomes defensive and, you know, ugly about it or something, then step away and address it at another time. You might need to go to a therapist and talk to them about that. Counseling is great. It really is. It really is. Like it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. We, I think we say that like every episode. <laughs> I, I hope people recognize that it's really beneficial. I mean, seriously. Okay. So the next one is kind of sensitive because it's what we discussed in the last communication. Expectations episode. and mind reading. Yeah. So this is going to, in our last episode about communication, we made comments about how you can ask your partner to help you around the house. And I think that we need to use the term, you know, pull their weight instead of help. Because it's not like you're helping me do household things around the house. It's, you live here too. It's your part to do your part in the yeah. home, right? Take, like take, it's your responsibility. my share of the work and responsibility for keeping up with the home. Yeah, yeah. So when your partner doesn't do what we think they should be doing automatically, we're expecting them to be mind readers, which is a cognitive distortion. Um, we take it personally, and then we get angry when they don't do what we think they should be doing. So in a perfect world, 
We marry someone who knows how to take care of themselves and pull their weight in the home, but this isn't a perfect world. And our society is in the middle of shifting roles to be more equal. Yeah. Men are, men are primarily bad at this. Mm -hmm. I would say, I think that this is echoed with just about every man I know. I think, I think of my friend group and everything else, like maybe some are better than others, but for the most part, this is something they struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. And for years I had, I took it personally because I felt like you were taking advantage or you were neglecting or, you know, you just weren't really acknowledging that I was doing things. So it made me feel very alone because I was doing everything around the house and you weren't helping me. But I got to a point where I was like in multiple therapy sessions, actually it was with my individual and with our counseling is that, or marriage is that you can ask for somebody to do something and it's not asking for help. It's just asking to do something around the house. It's okay. Like we put this aside thinking that they need to do this and they should just know. And it makes us feel bad. But men, honestly, you could do a little bit better. (laughs) We could, but I think that the issue comes from the expectation that's probably not communicated. Mm -hmm. And that's what the whole segment was about the last time is that this is my belief. And I stand by this. I'll die on this hill that uncommunicated expectations are resentments in the making. And they are, they are the, the architecture that will set up huge rifts in a relationship later down the line if they're not addressed. So this issue of household chores and what's to be done, what's not, there are some people who will do these things. And if they're not getting help rather than addressing it, they'll just, they'll, they'll get hurt by that. They'll get angry by that rather than communicating it. They'll just get mad. They'll start to feel like someone's absolutely worthless, uh, that they don't respect me. And like, I, I see both sides of this. I completely understand. It was, it's primarily women that were, that I was getting roasted by Yeah. Um, that said like, you know, you're, an, you're an adult. Like you're telling me that you can't walk by the trash and know it needs to be taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's supposed to be my job. Right. And I, I, that's completely valid. I totally understand that. Yeah. My, my only contention to that at all is in the context of communication, if there's an issue, we should talk about it and we should address it. Yes. Is it bad that you have to ask someone to take the trash out? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But how do we solve that problem? Right. We communicate. We communicate. Now we can get into why men are this way. Yeah, we're not going to do that. I I think just on a, (laughs) you know, on a small tangent, Uh I think that the way that boys are raised by their mothers. Yes. uh, Think back, think back generation or two. It was primarily the men was the head of household. We talked about this when it comes to men's purpose and like what's going on with men. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, women were the head of household. Women took care of these things. Like it's not uncommon to find men who don't really know how to do laundry or have never really cleaned up because their mothers did this for them. I'm talking about like, like younger twenties males. Yeah. Like they go out in the world without really knowing how to do a lot of this stuff. Some of it's cultural, depending on where you're from or, um, you know, the background that you have, but it's, you know, in, in a lot of cases, I think that women think that they are. They're getting in relationships with like these finished products when in, it's not the case. Like yeah, you, you're basically getting like this in a perfect world, like this teenager or this like young boy when yeah. it comes to domestic household duties and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that the communication is the, it's what's going to solve this. Well, yeah. But there are so many other people that are so resentful, so angry about this, that they're basically just saying, I shouldn't have to ask. Right. And you're right. You shouldn't. But, but what if you did? Try it. 
it made my life so much easier. When and you it, brought it up, what happened? You you helped me. And then... Yeah, I was, oh, first, first I was embarrassed by it and I was like, oh, crap. Me. Like, holy... Yeah, well, absolutely. No, you're right. Well, I say that because I was a stay-at-home mom. So this was really hard for me to navigate. That, that was our that situation. That was our thing. Is that... I worked, mm-hmm. you stayed at home, took care of the kids. And it's it's not, we didn't really sit down and go, oh, the piece of paper. And it's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is what you're supposed to do. Right. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Well, I think it could be even helpful to understand, like, this is what I would need help with. Here's what I will take care of. Here's what you will take care of. Yeah. I think in the 1950s sort of way I we looked at this when we first started this arrangement was that. Um, domestic duties you'd handle Mm -hmm. running the kids around and everything else. And I would handle everything outside of that finances and and all that good stuff. Right. And I would mow the yard. Like that was my thing. Yeah. Yeah. You did yard stuff. I I would mow the yard and everything, but we never really discussed um, at, there would be certain times where I'm going to need help one way or the other. Right. And I did the same thing where I would take on, like there was a lot of stuff when it came to setting up accounts for, I don't know, like phone bills or cable or whatever else. Like technically that's in my my arena. Right. But I think you helped with that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But it was a matter of me asking for help. Yes. When I think a lot of the time this other, it's not getting communicated the other way around mm-hmm. and you're right. You shouldn't have to ask, but if you want the whole point of that episode, and I think communication in general, I still believe in this is that it's an excellent way to get what you need out of a relationship is just communicate what you need. Yes. This is what I need. Yeah. Here's why would you help me with this? Right. Most people are going to say, yeah, I got you. They might even moan about it for a moment, but at the end of the day, you're going to get the help you need. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people like feel like there's this sort of ego thing. It's like, I shouldn't have to ask That's you That's how help. I felt. And, it was very weird asking. And I understand it, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like, what is that benefiting if you're not going to ask and then stay upset with this person? It's yeah. almost like you're agreeing at that point to pick up that load and the, I guess, you're your action is that you're just going to stay angry with them and you're just going to live in this unhappy environment and nothing gets resolved because you feel like you shouldn't have to say anything. I'm like, just you can do that. It. That's fine and well, but just it's just not going anywhere. And Give that was our shot. entire point was that communication right. can solve these problems. Right. Now, if you do bring this up to your partner and they say, no, that's your job. I'm not helping you. Then you need to reevaluate. Yeah, now we got a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Re- yeah. You're right. You said it. And of course, reevaluate the whole relationship. Yes. We have a fundamental issue here. Right. Yeah. Like I had always, when in active addiction, it was difficult for me to ask for things because it didn't get done if I did ask for things. It's I was just, likely not going to do it. Right. About it or, you did, find something or just else something else or say you weren't going to do it. Just so that was disregard. a very unhealthy situation. But now outside of that, it is okay to ask, hey, pull your weight. It's okay. So that we'll, we're done with that part. And, and <laughs> as far as mind reading goes now, now that we've had some in-depth discussions about responsibilities that you need help with, because it is too much for, especially when you have kids, mm-hmm. it's too much for one person to handle. You've got... Like, obviously we all make our own little messes, but you've got two little kids and their friends that will make like, I mean, they will completely ruin a house mm-hmm. within an hour. Yeah. And it's like, I can't, I don't, I, I have a lot of things to do. I don't have time to help to, to, to fix all this crap. I'm going to need your help. So when I get home now and I see that the, the sink is full of dishes and you're busy doing something else, I'm just going to take care of the dishes. Yes. Obviously you need help because you've communicated it to me. Exactly. It's not like you just said, don't worry, I'll get to those later. I got this, mm-hmm. like, which is what I assumed in the beginning. But now you've let me know I'm going to need help with this stuff. When you see it, grab it. Right. Okay. Totally fine. You got it. No problem. Again, help. 
people got really triggered by that. By the word help? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, what, what else would you call it? It's help. Pulling your weight because it's, it, when you say, they told, they were saying, when you say that you need help, that says that you're responsible for everything and you just need help. And it, it just got misconstrued. It It really did. Like it did not... In our specific arrangement. I can understand arrangement, it, but in our arrangement, it made sense for us. Because yeah, like I said, I was us. a stay-at-home mom. In general, okay, I, I, I see that point. Right. If like you're in both, our, the context of what we were talking about, which was our life. Like if you're both working, like that makes sense. For sure. Because you should, I mean, you should have equal. Even then, 50, I think 50. that you should help each other out when they're struggling. Uh, but you have to communicate it and let people know. Yeah. You still, there's nothing wrong with it. It's there. It's, there's nothing wrong with asking it. It's just going to, you have to put your ego aside and it's okay. And it works and it's amazing. And it will make your relationship so much stronger. And there are times I come home and like, um, I've had a really rough day and I'm overwhelmed with a million things I have going on at the office and I will need help. I will need help with something on, on that's part of my responsibility. Like I will need help. Like, Hey, could you look into this account and and settle that out or call customer service or whatever it is and and you'll do it. But I got to let you know yeah. if I come home just angry and feel like you're not going to help me or that you should know that I'm struggling right now rather than communicating it, the, that responsibility of being upset actually lays within me Yeah. at that point. Yeah. That's going to piss people off, but it's true. Yeah. Just trying to help people communicate better. That's all. Yep. It's all right. Some things you're not going to like what we say. <laughs> that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> that's all right. It works for us. Um, so agreeing to disagree, you don't have to agree on everything. This is another thing in communication. Can you think of anything recently that we've had to agree to disagree on? Yeah, it's like family stuff, holidays yeah. coming around. Like, yeah. what, what are we going to attend? What are we not? Stuff like that. Okay. Yep. That's true. But it, you just. And it's, it's respectful. It's like, hey, I'm going to do this. You do that. Yep. You're all good. High five. Okay. All right. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, knowing when to step away and take a breather. So say you're in a a heated argument and things are just getting, you know, way too fired up. It's okay to step away and say, I need to go collect myself for a moment and take a breather. It's healthy, man. That's healthy. But I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, that's narcissistic. Some people will say that it's because you're deflecting or you're putting it and shoving it under the rug or whatnot, but you're not. It's okay to take a breather and step away from a conversation. It's okay to, uh, you know, block people from a little bit so that you don't have to be involved with the whatever's going on. It's okay to just take a step back or just not respond or not respond to people. Right. And and text or email. I mean, right. That was another thing that was on here. We'll just go ahead and say no text fighting. Text fighting is the most useless form of fighting. The most unproductive form of fighting in general, I would say. Yes. Yes. No one reads the text that you just sent. They just want to send one in reply. It's all about your reaction. You're reacting. You're not letting this, the world revolve before you actually respond. I have seen text fights go on for hours between couples. Oh, yeah. We and used to text fight. nothing gets resolved. We used to text fight and it didn't do anything. It just made things worse. And now we're just like, ah, yeah, I don't even have time for this. Like, it just takes too much to text fight. We'll address it later on or whenever it gets brought up again because I don't want to do it over text. No, it's we've gotten better at that. Fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, not getting defensive. Um, this will help you build a safe space to talk with one another and be vulnerable. So if you're not defensive, you feel like you can actually open up, you know, what you're feeling. So if I were to tell you something about how I'm feeling and you get really defensive about it, it's going to make me not want to tell you things in the future because I don't feel safe. That makes sense. Yeah. 
And I have a, that's me. I get defensive. I still tell you things though. Yeah, you do. Because you don't take it personally. No, that's a you thing. It is a me thing. <laughs> and I know that. It is a me thing. I just kind of let you feel it and then we'll get to the end of it. And yep. It's okay. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess I learned this in management is that people aren't going to always like what you say. Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to not take it personally. That's important. I almost fell. Um, validation comes from both sides. You have to validate both parties, like each other. It's not just, I'm telling you how I feel, so you need to validate me. You have to validate the other person as well. And that just means, you know, I understand what you're going through, even if you don't agree. Validation, in my opinion, is the cause of and solution to most of the relationship problems that I see. 100%. Uh, there was an old Simpsons quote that alcohol is the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Mm. Which is, wow. it is not a solution by any means, but no. it's, it's a funny joke, obviously we can appreciate, but right. validation is oftentimes what I'll, you get two people who have just dug their heels in mm-hmm. and they want to be heard and the other side refuses to hear them. And so what you get is just two people who are just not being validated by each other. Yeah. And they're just screaming, validate me. No, you validate me. No, you validate me. And then he just, it, it's like never stops. It'll never it's just stop. circular like that. It just goes and That's goes and goes cycle. and goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see that a lot. Yep. All right, compromising. That goes a long, lot, a lot. A relationship is just a (laughs) series of... to disagree. Relationships are just a series of compromises. Marriage is just a series of compromises. Yeah, you're not going to get what you want 100% of the time. It doesn't work that way. I I don't remember who said the quote, but there's a quote that says, um, there are no such things as decisions in life, only compromises. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Like Whenever you decide to do one thing, you're in fact compromising for another. Yeah. You were making a compromise to not do something else or making a compromise to meet someone half, halfway, but like good negotiators, compromisers, this is like, you know, meet me halfway Yeah, or meet me the whole way and understand why and just, you know, swallow your pride and compromises, man, compromises. It's, I don't know, it's a lost art in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, I read this book called Never Split the Difference, which is actually like the antithesis of compromise, but it was written by an FBI hostage negotiator. And the book is about basically how to get through some really, really difficult negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's talking to people who are you know, insane with guns and whatnot. Yeah. But he has some really, really effective tools for how to get through to people in really, really bad situations. Like when stuff gets really hostile and people are arguing and fighting. And you have to go to the restroom, don't you? I do. Because you're bouncing all over the place. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, never split the difference. Even though it sounds the like there's no compromise. Work. It's 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 a way to get what you need, and make people feel safe. Okay. It's a good one. I like it. A quick break in the action to let you know about an exciting development in the Tufo universe. When we started this thing, we said we would never work with an advertiser or company unless it's something that we believed in and we already use. If you're looking for professional, affordable mental health care, look no further than Taylor Counseling Group, your trusted source for accessible therapy in Texas. Taylor Counseling Group believes that everyone deserves premium mental health care, regardless of their income level. That's why they offer reliable and affordable services at 12 locations across Texas. They've made affordability a priority. They are in network with most major insurance, and the standard private rate is only $100 per session, significantly lower than many other practices offering the same high-quality therapy. They 
believe that getting the help you need shouldn't drain your wallet. Scheduling an appointment is quick and easy with their convenient online booking tool. No complicated processes or long wait times. They value your time and ensure that you can access the care you deserve without any hassle. At Taylor Counseling Group, they believe in a personalized approach to therapy. The professionally trained counselors offer a diverse range of services, including individual counseling, couples counseling, family therapy, play therapy for children, and even specialized techniques like cognitive processing and existential psychotherapy. They're here to help you navigate life's challenges and develop a personalized treatment plan tailored to your unique goals. Taylor Counseling Group is your partner on the path to mental wellness. Experience professional, affordable care that puts you first. Visit their website, taylorcounselinggroup.com, or call them today to schedule an appointment and tell them Tufo Couple sent you. A link and phone number is going to be available in the show notes. And back to the action. Okay, so what do our arguments look like? I kind of wanted to give an example of a recent recent situation that happened. So you had like, when you have a stressful situation and you bring it to my attention, I might throw, throw out solutions and you calmly stop me and you say, I don't want solutions right now. I just want to talk about how I'm feeling. And when you bring that to my attention, I pause and I say, I'm sorry, I'm here for you. I'll listen. I don't get defensive or try to justify why I was providing solutions. I let it go and I let you talk. Do you remember when that happened recently? Yeah. And it was actually over text messages. No, it wasn't. I, the one I remember was over the phone. Oh, but oh, you're right. It did happen over text too. Okay. You do this thing mm-hmm. where you have no um, patience for me when I'm struggling and mm-hmm. you're just... Like you stupid mf or fix it this way. I don't say I'm tired of listening to you complain I, about this thing. Okay. Here's I, how you fix it. I don't say it that <laughs> way. That's how it feels. Good grief. That's how it feels. Okay, but that's not, that. this is what I was saying, that validation goes both ways because this is definitely my part. Like you used to do this to me and then I do it to you. Like we're both at fault here. Look at us go. I know, growth, <laughs> baby. But I did. I was like, I was proud of myself when I'm just like, okay, I'm going to take a moment. He's right. And I'm just going to let him vent. And that's what happened. And it was great. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's just stuff like that will come up. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. What really matters is how you acknowledge it, move forward, make that right. Yeah. Yeah. And like another situation is I was, I was recently again stressed. So my communication skills have kind of gone out the window and I was taking it out on our daughter and I was like, I oh, felt yeah. really bad about it. And, and I had a conversation with her after it happened and I was telling her like, I'm, I'm sorry. It was not a reflection of her at all. I explained that I was taking my stress out on her and that it, that wasn't okay. Um, and I, I just felt really guilty about it. And she, I mean, she handled it pretty well. She's 11 and it, as she parents, is, but she's also wise as parents, we, we, we try to do the best we can, but we still lack in the communication department as well. And I called Matt after the conversation because I needed to process this with somebody. And I used to be scared to do things like that because I didn't know how to approach the topic. Like I didn't know how to approach it in a healthy way. Or I didn't have a safe space to really communicate it with you. Is that because I would just try to offer solutions or yes. tell you what you should be doing? Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, okay, I need, I, I need to talk to him about this. Um, I need to talk to somebody. And he was my safe space. So I remember this conversation. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, it's fine. when we were having this conversation, I was actively telling myself in my mind, just listen to her. Just listen to her. Just let her know it's okay. And just let her talk. Rather than trying to offer you solutions or 
interject to make you feel better about it or anything else. I just let you process it. But yes. I, I was, it was, con- I, I had to tell myself to do it because this isn't where my brain goes naturally. But I think it's important to acknowledge that because it doesn't come natural. And so it, you Boom. will have to force it at times. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. But you didn't know any different, did you? What? You, you didn't know that I was actively trying to like no exactly you were being very intentional in, in that moment you felt like you you got the conversation that you needed you yeah. felt better afterward and that was growth for both of us yeah that's awesome because i i was telling you how i felt like a bad mom and i knew where it was coming from and that i was working to correct it and i wasn't asking you to tell me that i'm not a terrible mom you know i wasn't looking for reassurance there this was literally me being so open and vulnerable with you to where I'm like, I, I need to process and I just need to talk to you and I need to hold myself accountable and speak my truth out loud. And I was correcting the issue by speaking with you without you telling me what to do. It was a good conversation. It was. Yeah. And I was grateful for you in that moment because it was huge growth for both of us. Yeah. That's, that's new style conversation. That's mm-hmm. very productive. Yes. And it's going to spill over into my other relationships yep. with my children, obviously. Um, so all of this obviously takes practice. Like we've been saying, it does take practice. We're going to make mistakes. That's Okay. Um, but it does become easier with time when you have intentions. So I did, this last piece is going to talk about picking your battles. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm fairly good at this one. No, I think you're great at this. Um, I think we're both pretty decent with picking our battles. Um, so like, let's say, do you try to control what your partner wears? Like I don't. Their clothing. No. I know you don't give a crap what I wear at no. all. No, I don't. I typically don't care what you wear either, but I do know relationships where, you know, their partner is very vocal on how they should present themselves Mm -hmm. on how their spouse should present themselves. So we recently had a discussion on how we should dress at certain events and I didn't address it in a way of being demanding. It was more of addressing it in a way of like, Hmm, what are your thoughts on this? Right. Yeah. Because we were, we went to multiple events this past weekend where, you know, a lot of people were dressed up. Yes. With jackets and suits and glitter and glam and all this fun stuff. And Matt was Matt. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I, um, man. I don't know if I'm just anti-establishment in general, but uh-huh. I think when I'm told to do something for the sake of just being told to do it and I can't see an actual purpose for it, I always question it. Mm-hmm. I think it just goes back to the way I am. I don't know why I'm like this. I just am. It's I, very Dell-like, actually. I like. I just it. question it. I'm like, okay, is it necessary that we all do this? Because, I don't know, is there a dignitary there? Is like the king going to be there? Um or is it just because people want to feel like they're dressed up on a night out and it feels special because everyone's dressed up? Right. And if so, like, do I have to participate? Does it really matter if I'm not wearing a collar? Like, is it that big of a deal? I, well, I wasn't trying to wear flip flops and beer shorts. Right. No, but, you look but anyway, nice. You always look good and no matter what but you wear. Anyway, you brought it up to me and you let me say my piece, which is basically me just complaining and moaning about how the idea of dressing up is silly, um, which I will do. Don't get me wrong, but generally it's when I'm directly involved in something like uh-huh. I've officiated weddings. I'm absolutely going to ask the, the bride and 
what would you like me to wear? Right. They tell me to get a green suit. I'll go get a green suit. Right. It's their wedding. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. If I'm in a crowd of a thousand people, does it really matter how I'm dressed? If I'm essentially dressed how everyone else is dressed, Mm -hmm. do I have to wear a collar? Why do we have to wear collars? What's a collar anyway? Who invented that? Okay, here we go. Why do we have to wear this little silly flap on our neck to say that we're dressed up nicely? And I just can't wear a tight shirt with some slacks. And that's, that's, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very arbitrary to me. This is the stupid crap that goes through my head though. And so we had a conversation about it and she let me, you know, complain and moan about it. And then at the end of it, I was like, all right, I'll go get dressed. Yes. Yeah. But this is one of those agreeing to disagree type things. It was too. absolutely agreed to disagree. Because I can understand why certain events, you know, ask you to dress a certain way. I can understand that for from a respectful point of view, but you were we, this is just where we meet in the middle and we compromise and we just do our thing. But I'm not demanding on what you should be doing. We just have a nice conversation about it or debate and we move on. But I do think there are some couples out there where maybe the partner is very like, you need to be dressing this way. And yeah. that's end of story. Is it worth it? I don't know. Pick your battles. Maybe, maybe not. I don't. You're very difficult to argue with (laughs) and actually one of our our good friend couples we've discussed this before because he can't argue with his wife for the same reasons like they just y'all you know who i'm talking about no like our besties no oh dang it okay well he can't he can't argue with his wife because she will come at him at like tell him that he is wrong constantly all the time. And that's how I felt with you. I can't argue with you. There's no arguing with you. You're right. <laughs> you're like, you're right. So I've learned to really pick my battles where I'm like, this is not even worth this it's discussion. It's not worth my sanity at this moment. It's not. It's not. And that kind of goes to our next point of like, do you feel like you have to talk about how you feel about everything? And yes, it's important to be able to speak our minds and how we're feeling, but we don't have to communicate our feelings on every single thing that comes to mind, especially if it's like controlling or critical. Um, if we do feel the need to address everything on our mind, we need to approach it in a way that is non-judgmental or it doesn't come from an emotional space. So I was a very critical person early on in our relationship. We don't have to tell our partners everything we feel because sometimes those feelings are not facts and they can be extremely hurtful. It's best to discuss some of these things with a professional instead to see if you have a cognitive distortion. So, Because criticism can lead it leads to our partner to become defensive and it's ugly. It's, it's something that I've really had to work on my entire adult life. A lot of times criticism comes from a place of um, like sort of the cognitive distortion of all or nothing or perfection. Yes. Um, and thinking that everything's supposed to be a certain way, yep. a perfect way, the yes. way I expect things to be. And when people don't live up to those expectations, we get critical of them mm-hmm. without understanding that we're human and we're going to make mistakes and we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. So just because I, don't exactly like my haircut. It doesn't mean you have to tell me it looks like absolute crap and laugh about it. Right. <laughs> just because, just because the thought came to your mind doesn't mean it needed to leave your mouth. Hillary Swank. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. I've had some bad cuts in my day and it does not feel good when you get laughed at for it. Like I know it's bad enough. I mean, it's you know not that big of a deal, but uh, I, I learned this as well. And basically uh, the way I sum this up in my mind is that, um, I can't be held accountable for the things I never say. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have to say it. Like I can't be held responsible for the things that never leave my mouth, but I can have the thought. 
Right. But is it is it worth what's coming if I vocalize it? Yeah. There are some things that are big deals. Don't get me wrong. Talk about those things. Yes. But not everything's a big problem. Right. Not everything. Right. Right. And that like people have quirks. Yes, absolutely. People are going to have quirks and they're not going to be perfect. Like, and there's some compromises you make in a relationship where you're not going to meet my every expectation, but that's who you are. And I can accept that. And I love you. Yeah. That's compromise. Yeah. Some, some of these things are not, they don't challenge my values. They're not deal breakers. But I think a lot of people look at relationships and say that just basically everything's a deal breaker. And it's yeah. not the case. Not everything is a deal breaker. Right. It's not. Let it go. Just let some of this stuff go. Right. Some like the, a lot of the stuff we usually talk about here, those are deal breakers. Deal breakers. Absolutely. This is important things that are like really going to affect your mental well being. Things that are not deal breakers is the way that you keep your car, which looks like people live in. <laughs> and every time I get in there, it's like <laughs> smells funny and it's packed full of trash. And I'm like, I can say it a million times, but I you're probably children. never going to change. And at the end of the day, is it affecting me? It's not my car. Mm-mm. It's your car. Right. That's the, you have to live in it. You have to drive it. It's your problem. Yeah. Does it really affect me? No. Is it, does it do any good to bring it up and criticize you every time for it when you're probably never going to change? No, I accept that quirk. It is what it is. Thank you. Not a big deal, man. Thank you. There's a lot of weird stuff like that that people do. Yeah. So uh, I was going to say, you know, if you get upset, if your partner is loading the dishwasher wrong, or if you make a comment about how they're folding towels incorrectly, or maybe they're decorating the Christmas tree wrong, like that kind of stuff, I've, I seriously let go. It's not that big of a deal. It it takes way too much energy to critique you on how you're doing something than it is to just let you do it. Here's like, does it really else. affect me? Is that I think about things like that. And I think about the day where, because we don't, no one lives forever, uh, but I'll, I'll probably die before you just statistically. But if I don't, I'll think about the things that you used to do that I used to criticize you for, or some of the things that I will love you for more than anything, the things I will remember you by, mm-hmm. the way that you used to fold towels that was wrong, but it was hilarious because <laughs> it wasn't the way I did. But that's stuff I love about you. The way that you kept your car gross, like I, I will come to miss those things. If it was, if everyone was just like you, it wouldn't be fun. Like that's, there's, what's the fun in that relationship? Right. It's, it's about learning to live with someone else. It's about learning to accept people. Like relationships can teach us so much about just the world in general, how much we accept what we can and can't control and what we're willing to live with and not. But there's some people who will dig their heels in and say like, there's a, basically a rule book. And if you don't hit every one of these, we got a problem. Well, I want to challenge our listeners if they haven't put their Christmas decorations up and they have children of age to, you know, be involved, let them do it without you moving their, the decorations. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Know, some people take Christmas. That's a freaking, I know that's like blood sport but for I, some people. <laughs> I allow the kids to set things up the way that they want. Yeah. Sometimes I will move something in my kid. Definitely has called me out within the past few years. Yeah. Quit moving my stuff. I like, put it why, there for a reason. And it, and it hurt his feelings because he's like, you know, is, is it not good enough? Is it not good enough? And that it's true. It's like, is it really that big of a deal that you put a Santa Claus on the corner instead of in the center where I would have put it? You know, just some of those things, it, it, it's growth to let your kids kind of just take it and see what they do. And you can make it magical that way. Just like our Christmas tree. It's pretty basic. We don't have it perfect. We have a very classic, just I let the kids do what they want with the tree. 
Now I did tell them to put the balls on first instead of the specialty. Yeah, because you want those decorations to show. because I want the special ones to show. But that was like that was that was like the one guidance. That was like you gave the one them, guidance one I gave guidance. them. Yeah, and then I just kind of let them go with it because I wanted them to be a part of it. So if you're brave enough. <laughs> or just give them a table to decorate if you don't want to do the whole thing. You know, I just, that kind of stuff I just let, I let go. Yeah. Don't take life so seriously. Right. And that was the next, the last thing is have fun in your relationship. Like we, there are times Matt has put ice water in my shower. Oh no, that's, that's hilarious. This is a bit that we started doing back and forth. And I don't remember why I did this for the first time. I thought it'd just be funny. It was from Sopranos. But, oh, was that what it was from? Yes. Okay, so wait till your spouse is washing their hair when their eyes are closed. And you have to time it just right. Or washing their face. Yeah, and then go oh, get man, go get a cup of cold off. water and over the top of the shower, douse it on them. It is the most jarring thing in the world. So I did it to you and then you did it back to me and then we just do this. Yeah, and so, yeah, I got angry at first, but then I laugh about it. You know, we Nerf gun wars. He likes to shoot me with Nerf guns. Sometimes that would piss me off. Nowhere near like, the face though, just in the butt. No, thank you. But it's fun. Like we have fun with stuff. What are, yeah. other, what are other pranks that you do? Um, I grew up with all brothers. So I think that that had a lot to do with my mental like how what i deal with and what i don't sort of used to be messed with oh and my messing with people back yes exactly i was messed with for even my dad he's messed with me like that's just like what i grew up with so being with matt wasn't <laughs> wasn't that weird but there are some people who i've posted stuff online of things or matt has posted stuff online that he's done and people were like ah he would be sleeping in the doghouse he would be sleeping on the couch he would not be alive today you were dancing how is he still alive for a workout yeah. And you were like full in it, man. You were going hard. <laughs> and I turned the corner and I was filming you and I posted it. And people were like, it's so cold blooded. Why would you do that? I'm like, she wouldn't care. She thinks it's funny. Yeah. I mean, if I told you I was going to do it, you'd be like, don't post that. But I did. I knew that you really wouldn't care. I mean, you're mindful about things you do. I just don't take it so seriously. Yeah. Don't take life fun. so seriously. I just have fun. It's fun. Try not to take things too seriously. Right. There are Except big problems mo- in life. There are small problems in life. Exactly. Which you usually get mad about the small things and not the big the stupid things. things. <laughs> so so stupid. We've had that conversation before. Yeah. But okay, so like, do you have anything else to add to this? I mean, I hope that people can get away and and learn a thing or two from healthy communication. I think communication is important anytime you're trying to communicate your needs. Don't let um, don't let uncommunicated expectations become resentments in your relationship. Mm-hmm that then start to attach themselves to other things. And before you know it, you just hate each other. Talk about this stuff. If you have just difficulty talking about it and this episode is not (laughs) detailed enough or not specific enough, I strongly encourage marriage counseling. Like marriage counseling does not, you don't show up there because your marriage is failing. I think you show up there when you want it to be better Yep. and it's maintenance. Like you change your oil in a car, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you go to marriage counseling? Yep. It's just maintenance. It's maintenance and healthy communication because the older we get, oftentimes the more we get stuck in our ways and the more ideas become cemented mm-hmm. or they're harder to change, not as malleable. And counseling is a great way to just have open communication about this stuff. Yep. Before it becomes a major issue. Now, if it is a major issue, it's also a great place to work through that stuff. Mm-hmm. I would just encourage people to take it seriously. Like if you've got serious resentments about some things and there's, it feels like there's no moving past it, you know, we've like written things like drop the rope, which is essentially counseling in a nutshell, but it's helpful to go get a third party to talk you through this stuff. Someone who's trained in 
allowing that type of communication to flow and teaching you how to do it. Yeah. Just, it's crucial, man. Like if you're in a marriage with somebody and there are some things that we talked about that are deal breakers. These things are against my values. I don't appreciate cheating, lying, stealing, um, alcoholism, emotional, psychological abuse, physical abuse. Like those are deal breakers. Yeah. The way that someone loads a dishwasher is not right. But if that, if that becomes such a big issue, like there are larger problems at play here. Yeah. So many other issues. Mm-hmm. If that's something that you cannot let go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a sign of, it's like tip of the iceberg. Like there are bigger problems in this relationship. Yeah, for sure. Holding on too tight. Just holding on way too tight. Yep. I think that if we've got anything going for us at all, it's that we don't, we don't hold on super tight to things like that. Yeah. There are big problems. There are small problems. We can move past some of this other stuff. But oftentimes we're talking about big issues on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to think that <laughs> if that's the issue, that that's not a big one. Cause that is a big issue. Yeah. That's a fundamental issue in a relationship. Right. We're talking about later down the line, mm-hmm. how, because it's tough to move from what we went through into a normal relationship and it takes a long time to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. Yes. Like we had to learn how to communicate again. It's like you're, you're in a relationship with a new person and I had to learn a ton in a short period of time Mm -hmm. and I just, you have to be patient with each other. Right. Don't forget that we are all struggling with the pains of adulting and growing up. Yeah. Everyone, no matter what your age is, Mm -hmm. everyone struggles with it. Yeah. Have patience for each other. If you're putting forth the effort, then you're going to be fine. Yep. As long as you're putting forth the effort, you're going to be fine. The only time we ever have issues is when someone says, I'm not changing. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Goodbye then. Right. That's all when there there's no it. accountability for how you react or act, then yeah, that, that's a problem. That's a deal breaker. Yeah, absolutely. But people are trying, man. Just be patient. Yeah. Be patient. Good stuff. But I would also say, argue that um, this is really bad. A lot of dudes do this. I'm trying to get better. Like Yoda said, do or do not. There is no try. Oh, you said that to me the other day. It made me mad. That's true though, man. Like, <laughs> it is true. And then I said it to a kid. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to eat better right now. No, you either eat better or you don't eat better. There's no trying to eat better. Yeah. You just, you do it or you don't. Right. Like You got to shift your mindset. Having the intention of eating lettuce and eating candy instead is not the same as eating healthy. Yeah. It's not. But when someone is actively trying, like like me, like trying to listen to you instead of interjecting or not or like paying attention, there'll be times where I slip. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I'm getting it right. I'm trying. Yeah. That's what trying looks like to me. Yeah. Trying is not just thinking about doing better and then doing nothing different. Right. It's in, yeah. It's intentional. Intentional. Yeah. Intentions versus actions. Go back and check that one out. If you yeah. Haven't. Good one. Okay. I think that's all we got, right? Yes. All right. Now we get to edit and put this out within less than 24 hours. Yay. This will be fun. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Until next time, I am Matt. I am Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.